Hello, everybody, and welcome to this little storm where we talk about all things about the human experience that make up the beautiful weather, weathered storm that it is. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about emotions. Ah, talked about these a few times in the past couple months, and it's just become a reoccurring thing. I think especially in my own personal development and the more that I become comfortable with experiencing emotion and collaboratively sharing them and, you know, maneuvering through life with different experiences and, and watching that grow and expand over time, especially coming from being incredibly dissociated throughout life. And I think that's pretty common with people with complex PTSD is the immediate, which Complex PTSD is, is basically when your body and your neural pathways are developing and you're in a constant state of survival um, that can negatively impact the way that you perceive emotions and the way that you, you learn to have any emotion in that regard. In those scenarios, we become extremely dissociative. And that is primarily because you're just constantly trying to um, maneuver yourself into ways that feel safer or that are protective and typically that means that our emotions are not protective and we can get into that another time but basically I'm saying all of this to say that it's um, that I'm guilty of the things that I am going to be talking about um, I think majority of people are um, a reminder here is that there's no shame in anything that you have experienced or that you're experiencing now and this is really an opportunity to approach yourself with curiosity of what do I experience in my reality and how can I maybe possibly use some of this information to better my life and how I um, invite myself to feel my emotions and gosh it's so common I think that it's not even always a direct reflection of childhood which I think it you know expands and continues to perpetuate throughout childhood if that was the case but I think even if you grew up in a secure um, parenting um, situation or style our environment societally and in majority of communities is fairly dissociative especially in America I can't talk directly for most countries or nations or even tribes, etc. Um, well, what we see in America, I think, for the most part, or even just, you know, uh, majority of first world countries, is this, this type of propaganda around emotions, which is so hidden in the daily tasks that we do as human beings, like, for example, going in the grocery store or, you know, going out to eat. And that you wouldn't really suspect that, but I think in, like, the way that those things are commercialized is, you know, do this or eat right and then you'll be happier. Those little minuscule examples are really where, like, these foundations of thinking come into play where we're seeing these things constantly and we start to develop thought patterns after some time of, okay, well, all I need to do now is just do this and then I will be happier. And that is directly going um, perpendicular from the actual emotions experienced. Like you could be anorexic, for example, 
and be witnessing things on social media, which is the biggest perpetuator of this, I think. Um, be on social media and everything is pointing you towards just eat. Just just allow yourself to eat and you'll be good. Or just work out and you'll be good. Or just change these habits and you'll be good. When the actual reality and the, the difficulty or the, the main source of the issue is that this individual is not seeing the emotions that they're having and not allowing themselves space to sit with it. And I also think that because of the ways that we um, internalize these things in society, when we are faced with emotions and raw emotions, it feels incredibly overwhelming. And we're never given the tools to even know what to do with that. So all we can do is internalize it. And it makes sense, you know, and it's, it's sad to say, but it really does make sense. You know, if we don't, if we've never been even told in life or we just continue to see these things, um, we're not going to know how to say like, yeah, I'm going to sit with these emotions right now. It's that it's like, oh my God, this is awful and all I want to do is get out of it. So now like I don't ever want to be there again. So I'm just going to avoid this at all costs. And, <laughs> you know, it makes sense be in, in a lot of ways because, you know, same thing with how our neural pathways do develop in more physical scenarios like for example, putting your hand over a hot flame, you you notice immediately that you know that pathway gets sent, and your your automatic reaction is to pull your hand away, and now you know that it's hot and that it's heat and that it can burn you. So the next time you encounter something similar to that, you know not to touch it. But it's so different with emotions. But at the same time, that's really how we're conditioned, and so you know, I think also one of the biggest things with healing and working with your emotions is to hold compassion for yourself. And I, again, I say all this stuff to say that, you know, there's room to hold an extended, extended amount of compassion towards yourself in this because, you know, we're, we're in society and we're in situations that really don't allow us the full extension of our emotions. And so when we work with these for the first time, it can be so difficult to even hold compassion for yourself because you're like, well, why is this so hard for me? Why can't I do this? And instead, I invite you to shift your narrative to be more loving to yourself of it makes sense that I've experienced this and I'm absolutely not the only one. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think one of the, the bigger things in what comes to mind when we think about processing emotion is to formulate some type of solution. And yeah, again, I think that this does in a lot of ways come from society or, you know, just what we're told from our parents. You know, our parents could have said, well, why are you feeling upset? It didn't make sense that you did that. Or because this happened, like that wouldn't invoke that emotion. Or, you know, the dismissiveness in parental figures and etc, etc. I think a lot of times what we think is processing is excessive thinking. And I think before the thinking comes in, we really have to give ourselves time and space to sit with what we're actually physically and emotionally experiencing. I think that, uh, and there's been studies um, that to show that, you know, thinking in is really in a, a form of avoidance of our emotions. It's just kind of the same thing as being dissociative. Instead, though, you're recognizing of your emotions, but you're choosing to 
think about them and create more worry and create more anxiety, which actually isn't even allowing you to fully process what you're experiencing. It's the same thing as like uh, rationalizing or intellectualizing. Um, And I also think that that's a defense mechanism typically from youth where, you know, maybe you were being extremely questioned in your youth um, you always had to figure out an answer to what was happening and, you know, that makes sense. Or, like, yeah, rationalizing in that way to help it make sense for other people. Or you just were shamed into in having your emotions so much that the only way that you can make sense of it for yourself and understanding that it was okay to be happening was by rationalizing it to yourself. And so, again, it makes sense that we develop these patterns of behavior And part of working with this is accepting that, that, you know, like I said before, that, you know, we may have had difficult experiences, but now we're here. And how can we move through the now? Um, I do think that analyzing and asking yourself how you can move through something more or how it's, you know, transpiring in your life and if it's causing issues outside of this moment and, and things like that. It's, it's a very important step, I think, in that processing, but it's not the first step that we should be taking in actually working with those emotions. The first step is to really hear ourselves out and to hold space for the actual emotions that we are feeling just similar to how we would interact with somebody else or maybe how we would want to um, be interacted with is by like saying, hey, well, what, what, are you, what are you experiencing right now? Where can, you know, um, how can I be a better ear for you? How can I better listen for you? And how can I hold space? Do you want me to just listen right now? And yeah, I was repeating some things, but yeah, it's the same premise of just holding space, really. Um, we want that from others so bad, and especially when we don't get it, we don't know how to give it to ourselves. So, yeah, but I really, I do think the first step in processing emotion is by bearing witness. And I think, you know, the first step in anything is to witness or observe that it's happening but when I say witness I mean really take a step back and sit and and witness what exactly is happening in your body and witness what's happening in your mind because again I think that you know we all we're we're humans we're hardwired for thought patterns and we're hardwired to analyze truly and we're incredibly intelligent beings and so it makes sense that we want to rationalize and analyze but I think a part of that witnessing is is also to to watch your thoughts and to witness your thoughts as they as they come and go and to allow them to exist, tell them that it's okay to be there, but they cannot stay in that moment because you're not ready for them yet. And I think typically what happens with that is that we get this rush of all different types of thoughts around the emotion, how it triggers and it's all over the place and crazy. And then once we actually give ourselves time to sit with the emotion, then we can logically, you know, work through what we're, we experienced and how we can work with it in the future. But until we sit with it, there's no room to really be actually logical because the emotions do take over. And, it, 
excuse me. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, it's it's a mindfulness practice to recognize when your thoughts are emotionally driven and when your thoughts are emotionally loved in a sense. So yeah, I think same with with mindfulness meditations, how you just witness your thoughts and allow them to exist and hold compassion for yourself if they for moments become intense or for moments um, are very silent. Allow that whatever it is to exist and watch just watch your body as it goes through its processes. Um, and I also think that analyzing those thoughts or whatever's happening um, prior to you actually sitting with the emotion really does halt the release process because the point of sitting with your emotions is to hold enough space for them and acknowledge them enough so that you can release them and then get to the point of being able to process really what happened, what is going to happen, or, you know, what what could happen or, you know, how it's affecting you really. It's not necessarily about future orients, but what, how that is affecting you, etc. Um, it doesn't allow space to release or it kind of like it just puts a, a little bit of a block and I think that you know the judgment that we have towards ourselves in those moments of true experiencing or when we're avoiding um it's almost like holding I think what was her name um therapy in a nutshell on YouTube she's a great great resource resource for emotional well-being and I highly recommend um she had mentioned in a video um, how lo- or having judgment or avoiding your emotions is like holding a, a weight um, with an, your arm extended out. And over time, with that arm extended, you're eventually going to get tired or collapse. And this, this is an example of trying to put your emotions away from you and from your heart and from your actual ways of processing them. It's kind of just like eventually it's just going to collapse on you. And I think that that can happen a lot of times with burnout and with other more intense emotional responses really when after we've held the weight outside of ourselves for so long and then it finally drops or we drop, then we have this big old explosion. I think that's also what happens when you hold a lot of anger inside or the anger is a uh, an overall feeling for a bunch of smaller feelings. But when you hold all of those feelings together underneath anger and you drop the weight, and it, the weight drops you pretty much, then it's this big explosion of anger and it's all over the place. And we can avoid that by not avoiding our emotions and st- sticking with them and and holding ourselves with them or you know holding space to to not judge what we experience in those moments and gosh what a big part that is of processing is to you know lose the judgment on yourself and just like practice self-acceptance and that can be one of the probably the more difficult aspects of processing emotion because gosh, we're, we're used to probably not getting those things or even being accepted for having emotions. And there's probably so much core root shame around certain emotions because of what we've encountered in life or what we've been told, etc. So it's really, you know, that mindfulness practice of, okay, I am committed to seeing these emotions fully. And, you know, even overall, if they bring me shame, that's another emotion that I can allow myself to feel. 
and to work through um, instead of, you know, holding that judgment. Or you can consciously invite yourself to release the judgment you have on yourself for feeling that and open the space to feel it. Um, You can also, you know, there's ways to talk to your emotions. Like you can tell your emotions in those moments that they may be uncomfortable and challenging, but they cannot damage you or hold power over you or they do not define you and things like that. Um, you know, all emotions are functional. It's what you're experiencing. Why not experience it? Remind yourself of those things. Um, you know, you're, you're a whole human being and every human being has emotions and gosh, what a crucial part it is. So yeah, offer, I would offer self, self love in those moments. Um, I think a beautiful thing that you can also do is touch yourself when you're having those emotions. But, you know, if you feel it maybe in your chest, hold your chest, put your hands over your chest. Or um, my therapist had mentioned to, to me a couple times, you know, I was doing it before, but to hug yourself in times where you're dealing with intense emotion, to remind yourself that you are there, that you have you. And for me personally, I, whenever I am allowing myself to process and to release it with the emotions that I'm experiencing, I, in my head, offer myself affirmation of things like, it's okay to be experiencing this right now, and I've got your back, I've got you, you're safe, you are loved, I'm here for you, and just little things like that where you would want somebody to say to you, but say it to yourself, so that you can develop that safety internally, so that you can hold more space for your emotions. And I think that that's a big thing too, because so often we don't feel safe in our environments growing up or even just subconsciously in our day-to-day lives. So creating that safe space for ourselves, in ourselves, is incredibly crucial. The way that you speak to yourself really forms so much of a relationship with how you're going to be processing emotion and other difficult moments in life. And yeah, (laughs) also breathing, breathing into your body, breathing with your body, holding your body again, all those things can be incredibly helpful for other types of connection in those moments. You know, breathing into the body can bring you more present. Um, can also draw attention to the body, which I think is another crucial form of this processing is recognizing what you're actually physically experiencing. And I try to do this in most times where I'm experiencing intense emotion, but this is for me, at least one of the harder things to do. I think it does for me contribute to having chronic pain where I've been kind of dissociative from my body in order to deal with that pain. So coming back into the body for my emotions can be a little bit more tricky, whereas I can hold more space mentally. Um, and, you know, there's so many different ways that this can look for other people with different experiences. But I think either way, it can be really important to recognize what your body is experiencing and to even like describe your emotions when you and you experience them, like, what what does it feel like? Does it feel soft? Does it feel slimy? Like, where are you feeling? Is it tingly, like, or hollow? Things like that um, can also give you space, especially if you've been more dissociative in life, to give you space to, you know, have identifying factors to what emotions you're feeling and where you feel them and things of that nature. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So many little things that 
that we all experience, but it can be so hard to talk about, it, even though we all know that we experience it. It's so shamed, I think, in society, and we're never really given the tools to work with these things. And I think a lot of people also aren't fully um, in the understanding of what um, things like curiosity can do towards our conversations, let alone towards offering it to ourselves in those moments where we just can hold more space to experience what we're experiencing and I think that's what curiosity does is you know ask yourself questions I'm going back into it but ask yourself questions of what you know what sensations you're feeling um how you can hold more space for yourself in that moment how can how you can be more present and answer them and flow with them (laughs) um yeah And I think that once we fully allow the space for ourselves to sit in the emotion and eventually you're going to, you'll fall into like a natural calm state and you'll be one with the emotion in a sense and it gives you a space to release it or hold on to it. And in those moments you can choose or even verbalize to yourself that I choose to release this emotion in this moment and I thank it for its purpose or things of that nature. But then you can invite yourself to work through it and to really sit and dive deep into it. So now that you're not emotionally charged and now that you've consciously and effectively released the quote-unquote control that it may have had over you in that moment um because emotions are powerful especially when we don't know how to properly engage with them so they can take over if we don't allow ourselves conscious space for them i think and yeah we can ensure that we allow ourselves the space to analyze the emotions or to understand what happens and i think that even like i know for example for me i by nature am very analytical um sometimes i just i can especially within studying behavioral sciences can immediately pick up on where the cause is without even really thinking about it with emotions and i think that that's also just more mindfulness practices but even before you communicate them if that is necessary or before you really sit with what that acknowledgement of what it is means you can allow yourself space to to sit with the emotion first and then dig even deeper into the analytics and all that stuff but i think sitting with it feeling your body feeling with feeling it and uh, offering yourself acceptance and love and care is highly more important than ever figuring it out you know i think even if you didn't allow yourself space to figure it out afterwards you held the space for yourself emotionally which is ultimately ultimately the most important thing because what we want to do is bring that brick closer another brick the the weight closer to our chest to make peace with it and to sit with it and to drop it put it down and walk away (laughs) so yeah, thank you for listening, and I, I hope that potentially, and if not, that's totally cool, but maybe you get something from this episode, um, and if not, I hope that it left you feeling good and full of warmth either way. Um, I appreciate you for showing up for yourself, and I haven't said this in an episode recently quite a bit, but I'm definitely feeling it for myself, so I am feeling it for you, I appreciate you, and I honor you for showing up for yourself, and doing the work, and making 
efforts towards feeling your emotions because man is it difficult and it takes time and practice and work and conscious effort and you are on the absolute right track even just listening to something is is really it's really the right track you're doing really good (laughs) and I also remind her that I don't have all the answers I still struggle with this daily and it's you know a continual effort within things like this so definitely my word is my words are not bond but these are the tidbits that I can offer to you so I appreciate you thank you for for stopping by coming by whatever namaste